Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Thank you for your patience there. Home Run Derby was on Monday. All-Star MLB All-Star game from Dodger Stadium was last night. So today we do a Lakers talk. We get back into back into the mix of things. Um, if you guys want to be a part of the show, as always, of course, this show specifically, we try to take as many Laker calls as possible. So you could feel free to call in 877-710-ESPN if you want to be a part of the show. Let me give everyone just a quick rundown of what we're going to do tonight. We'll go till 8 p.m. What is going on with Russell Westbrook and the Los Angeles Lakers? I think this soap opera and this drama continues on a, it seems like a day-to-day basis. I want to get into a few things that have happened since the last time uh, we did Lakers talk. Of course, some of the stuff with his agent. I, I thought that was you know certainly uh, interesting. Should Russ even want to stay with the Lakers? His agent suggested that the best route for him is to stay with the Lake Show. I don't know about that. I think we saw enough next last year where I think he's better off trying to find a new destination. Now, that's not all up to him, and it's not all up to the Lakers. Takes two to tango, maybe three teams to tango if the Lakers are going to part ways with him. Um, there were some other reports that came out. Dave McMenamin on, um, on the Low Post podcast talked about some other players that the Lakers could be targeting. I heard Kendrick Perkins say earlier today that he thinks Anthony Davis is going to win the MVP this season. I want to lay caution to Kendrick Perkins in that prediction because I tried that a couple years in a row, and that certainly didn't work. Um, And then also uh, give everybody a heads up, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation will come join the show at 730. So a lot of good stuff to get into. Um, What is going on with Russ and the Lakers? Seriously, what is what is going on with Russ and the Lakers? I feel on a day-to-day basis there's another churn to this soap opera. Um, let me just kind of go through over the last, let's say, week or so. So it's no secret the Lakers have been shopping around Russ and seeing what they could get for him. And, of course, a couple weeks ago it was really hot. Maybe even a week ago you could say. You thought, hey, is this going to go down? Is Kyrie going to eventually become a Los Angeles Laker? And here we are sitting here today, and the answer is still no. But if you guys do remember, um, last week's show, we were talking about LeBron and Russ. They don't hang out at Summer League. They don't say hello. Everyone comes up to the king. No one comes up. Uh, and, and Russ is sitting on the Lakers bench, but he doesn't go over there. And they never they never interacted. And whether they interacted and it was off camera or whatever the case is, and I some people would say, well, Al, is that really a story? It is a story. It is because... This team seems like, you know, at least uh, the big three here, there's so many question marks, and the question mark really is, is Russ going to be a part of the Lakers come training camp or not? So that was a story from a couple of days ago. Over the weekend, the story about Russ and his longtime agent, Thad Foucher, puts out a statement that they part ways on Laker fans. This is not just, hey, we're going in our separate directions. Uh, We're going in a separate direction. No, this is... Real deal details of why they're parting ways. And it's not like, you know, you're only hearing one side of the story. You're only hearing from his former agent in Thad Foucher, and you're not getting a chance to hear from Russ, 
So you kind of just start making up stories in your own head of like, well, does it mean this? Does it mean that? Over the weekend on Saturday, I got a chance. Um, every once in a while, I get a chance to do a show with Jim Hill, CBS Sports Central on Saturdays. And a lot of the meat was kind of coming on Saturday. I think maybe the statement uh, I think was released Friday night. Saturday was kind of your first reaction to really uh, talk about it. And I, I can't remember a time, uh, and Travis and I were, were doing this as well during our show, I can't remember a time where an agent gives up that many details of the breakup. And I don't need to go into it because I think the last couple of days, certainly on 710 ESPN and everywhere, I mean, if you're listening to all the TV shows in the morning or Keyshawn, J. Willemette, everybody's been covering it. But to get into the details of basically saying, um, you know, I, I think that he's better off staying with the Lakers um, if he does get traded to another team before uh, five teams in five years, or I'm sorry, a uh, possibility of a fourth trade in four years, um, he's diminishing his own value. Uh, some details that you don't necessarily see when an agent and a player decide to part ways. And this isn't just a normal player. This is a player that for the last year, that every time you turn on sports talk radio, every time you got to hear me spew stuff about the Lakers, Russ is brought up a lot. And we know how bad the Lakers season was, so this just kind of adds another element to it. And it didn't stop from there. You know, I I, I think I, I don't want to – and I'm just going over the last couple of days, literally the last couple of days, where I feel like everywhere I turn there's some story about Russ or some story about the Lakers, and they're not – it's not positive. Um, in, in one way, and I saw this a little bit earlier too, and this was Dave McMenamin. I heard Jovan Buha a little bit earlier talk about this as well. There was a report Russell Westbrook would push back when called out during Lakers film sessions last season. Uh, The reason why I'm spending a little time on this is because ultimately this is what I take away from everything that's happening over the last couple of weeks is that this is hurting the value of both the Los Angeles Lakers trying to trade Russ and it's hurting the value of Russ, period. Now people may say you can't hurt it anymore that – the value of Russ um, at, at this stage is already so battered that for him to get an opportunity somewhere else, people already know what they're going to get in Russ. People already know the type of player they're going to get from him, what he brings to the table, and some of the areas that the defic- deficiencies that he has in his game. But damn, you tell me on a day-to-day basis that you cannot find some type of story that's tying the Lakers and Russ, and it's not a positive story. And I think if you're a Lakers team, that is just simply looking to move on, to correct one of your wrongs. Last offseason, the Lakers made a mistake. And I will, I've will i said it probably 50 times, and I'll say it for the 51st time. I was a proponent of the Lakers trading for Russ. I thought that there was enough from a skill set perspective that LeBron and AD will do what they do, that Anthony Davis and Russ can carry the load during the regular season. Maybe Braun could take some, whether it be games off or maybe by the fourth quarter it's a blowout, he could kick back and relax. Braun could focus more come postseason. It didn't happen. Lakers were 16 games below 500. Nothing worked out as planned. And here we are sitting today, uh, and not that much has changed since the start of the offseason. Really, what has changed since the start of the offseason? The chatter about the Lakers, hopefully, by July 1st, putting themselves in a position that they can move on from that contract. And even if they got to give up a pick or a couple second rounders or whatever the case is, um, it's uh, it's become just what, in my opinion, has been a headache. 
and kind of a drama-filled offseason without really that much happening. Usually the drama is supposed to be that a lot of different things happen. I feel like right now you don't feel like there's a lot of change. However, the conversation isn't uh, the way Laker fans would like it to be. Um, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on the future of Russ all offseason. I'll tell you what I mean by that. At one point, right when the season ended, he had his exit interview. I thought to myself, when he got a chance to hear from Russ and um, Russ's comments, and I, I thought, yeah, Russ ain't coming back next year. It's impossible that he's coming back. Then Darvin Ham becomes a new head coach of the Lakers, and lo and behold, there's Russ. Russ is there at the presser. Russ is getting an opportunity to, um, you know, kind of show faith to a new coach, like, all right, I'm turning the page. Let's get back to work. And the way Darvin Ham, who still continues to talk very positively about Russ, and not just talking positively, specifically telling him, hey, this is what I need this specific guy to do, um, I reached the point where I thought, okay, you know what, maybe Russ is going to be on the roster. And I just keep going back and forth. And today I am genuinely can tell you, I have no idea if he's going to still be on the roster. I think you guys already know at this point what my hopes are. My hopes are is that the Lakers move on, Russ moves on with his career as well, and and Lakers take their chances with other role players. But uh, but damn, this has been a head scratching off season so far. That doesn't seem like we're going to get any clarity anytime soon. I, I want to go back to one thing. Should Russ want to stay with the Lakers like his agent suggested? So I'm, I'm, the reason why I want to I want to spend a quick second on this. I got a little confused when um, when Thad Foucher, who was his agent for, I want to say it was 14 years, basically says part of the reason why they're breaking up or they're moving their separate ways is he believes that his best option to stay with the Lakers, embrace the starting role and support that Darvin Ham publicly offered. And I, I kind of got to thinking about that. Is that the best, if I'm just looking at this from a Russell Westbrook predicament let's put the lakers to the side for a second every laker fan we know we it's the franchise has 17 championships yeah yeah still not enough the franchise just won a title uh two years ago yeah yeah that sounds like it was 20 years ago we know incredibly spoiled fan base that has an ownership group that understands the pressure that's on them every single year to be in the mix it's really one of the things i take the most pride in as being a laker fan is that those expectations are so high, and ownership obviously understands that and doesn't shy away from it. It's win a chip or it was a bust. But let's put that to the side for a quick second. Is it in the best interest for Russ, as he's in the final year of his contract, owed $47 million, already opted into that? He's getting paid the $47 million, uh, no matter what happens. Is it in the best interest for Russ to stay with the Lakers? And I, I thought it was thought it was interesting when his agent basically tried gearing this towards, no, no, you should want to stay with the Lakers. Let me play out, because this could happen. Training camp could start in late September, early October, and Russ could be on the roster. And by the time the regular season starts, Russ could be on the roster. And by the time you get to Christmas game, Russ could be on the roster and trade deadline, everything else. There's a chance that Russ is on the team and that the Lakers just got to play with what they got. Let me let me throw out a perfect scenario for us. What would a perfect scenario be for us? And then I'm going to kind of tie this back to the Lakers. And then I also 
Um, I do also want to spend a little time of uh, a report Dave McMenamin had, at least on the Low Post podcast, talking about other players that the Lakers are already uh, are targeting as well. Maybe a plan B, maybe a plan A and B. Uh, we'll do all that coming up next. Again, if you guys want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN. I appreciate you guys taking the time to tune in. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That talk about Kyrie seems ancient. <laughs> it really does. I feel like I've been talking about Kyrie for uh, a year and a half. That's how this free agency has gone so far since July 1st. I'm kind of waiting for stuff to go down. It, the, the free agency is really interesting around the NBA this year. Because KD requested a trade... Uh, Utah kind of rebuilding, and there's still a lot of questions about Donovan Mitchell. It's put a pause, I feel like, to most of free agency as far as trades go and everything else. That's not to say that some trades didn't go down, obviously Rudy Gobert and everything else, but still, it's been an awkward offseason. Most guys that get traded are, are those on expiring contracts. Um, it's a little bit more awkward that KD was requesting a trade with still, I think he still has four years left on his contract. So before we went to break... Um, I mentioned the agent of uh, Russell Westbrook suggested that he thought it was in the best interest of Russ to stay with the Lakers. So what what would be a perfect scenario for Russ this upcoming season if he did stay with the Lakers? I think there's some things, and I, I, I genuinely cannot tell you if Russ, um, A, would buy into this, and B, even if he bought into it, if he'd be effective at it. So, number one, what Russ would need to do is he's got to acknowledge that he's a role player today, period. I mean, there's no other there's no other way to put it. You are a role player. You're a Hall of Famer. Nobody's telling you that you're not. Um, you lead the league in most triple doubles in NBA history. Nobody's telling you that you don't do that. Nobody's telling you that at one point um, you were a must-watch individual in the NBA circle, nobody's telling you that what you've done in the past, nobody's taking that away from you. But at this stage of your career, you're a role player. And the way role players contribute on an NBA basketball uh, floor is you just find ways. You, you play winning basketball, whatever the hell it takes. If it Find ways to contribute off the ball. Find ways to contribute playing defense. Find ways to reestablish some value in this new role. Because right now, the way Russ is perceived around the NBA, I can only give my opinion. My opinion is I perceive him as somebody that 
doesn't always give the best effort on the defensive side, or maybe he's just slow enough at this stage of his career where he just can't do some of the things that he was able to do. And I also see him as somebody that is incredibly ineffective off the ball. And that doesn't even mean when he has the ball he's all that effective. I thought a lot of times last year trying to draw fouls again, just almost paid less attention to the basketball uh, portion, was paying too much attention to the referees or was trying to cause fouls, trying to draw fouls is the best way to put it. So perfect scenario for us if you were to come back with the Lakers. Acknowledge that you're a role player. Find ways to contribute off the ball and on defense. And I think, you know, just as important for us, this will be a chance for him to prolong his career for a couple years in that role. Um, It's one thing for him to buy into all that. Okay, let's say he bought into all of it. Awesome. Comes into training camp. Darvin Ham has him sold. I'm not sure. I don't have faith that he can still do that in L.A. When I'm talking about, I think in his career that he can still do that. Um, That he could kind of completely change the script for himself in that type of role. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to diminish everything here from Russ, but the, the strengths that he used to have in the past are not the strengths, A, with the Lakers, and B, really in the league. The guy can't shoot. The guy can't hit a 15-footer. The guy's not a threat from 22 feet. Um, he, he doesn't do those things that makes another role player incredibly comfortable in that position. So I'm, I think it's still a big-time question mark of whether that's something that he can do down the road. I'm going to tell a quick story here, and this is just from a Laker perspective. We had our softball game on Friday night. Friday night, uh, we did our celebrity all-star softball game, and um, and after the all-star game, we were doing some uh, some giveaways. So it's just basic, you know, you read the ticket, everybody has a, a ticket, and you read the number off, and all right, hey, you want a tail and horn Tucker ball. Okay, you want something, it was Carmelo Anthony autographed jersey, or whatever it was that they were giving away. And then when it came up to giving away something, it was some type of memorabilia of Russ. I can't remember if it was autographed basketball, whatever it was. People were booing. Laker fans at a celebrity softball game in July where it has literally nothing to do with the Lakers, but we're doing this giveaway, they booed when it was time to give something away for Russ. Why I mention that is because that's just kind of how I feel Laker fans feel about this relationship with Russ. And frankly, I think that's probably the way Russ feels about his stint with the Lakers. Now, I know the Lakers are really, really trying not to give up too much if they're going to give up Russ. Last week I had Jovan Buha from The Athletic that was on the show, and he said that if the Lakers were willing to give up Russ and two first-rounders today, the Brooklyn Nets would make that deal. So obviously the Lakers are showing value towards the 2027 first-rounder and that 2029 first-rounder that they have. Maybe that changes down the road, but uh, it sounds like everybody needs uh, to hit that refresh button, and we'll see if that happens. So um, the Lakers are still continuing with their plans this offseason. There was uh, Dave McMenamin, who's obviously fantastic. I saw him today on NBA Today, um, has been on this show a number of different times. He was on the Low Post podcast. So Zach Lowe does his uh, podcast on ESPN. I want to read something off that he mentioned here in the podcast because as much as we've heard about Kyrie and as much as we've heard about Russ this offseason, there's some other names out there that we should just pay attention to. This is what um, Dave McMenamin said in the – I'll read off what he said. This is what he said on the Low Post podcast. He said they have interest – 
in Eric Gordon. Of course, Eric Gordon of the Houston Rockets, a vet that's been in the league for a long time, uh, has had the ability in his career to create for his own shot, really a sniper from the outside. They have interest in Eric Gordon and Buddy Heald, perhaps in addition to Kyrie and the piece that would have to be moved in order to get that done would be Talon Horton Tucker. But it could also end up being the plan B if they can't get Kyrie, if they can't get this Kyrie situation to come to bear. So um, I've heard a couple names come out here over the last, you could say, couple days. I've heard the Eric Gordon. I've heard Buddy Heald. We've heard um, Patrick Beverly is another name that's out there. This one I thought was a little interesting because um, the THT portion of it. I, I Maybe you guys know how I feel about Taylor Horn Tucker. Maybe you don't. But I felt like last year when they chose THT over, let's say, Alex Caruso, or they chose THT and they gave him that $30 million contract, that one was a tough one, tough one for me to understand because THT is so incredibly young. I'm not saying he can't be valuable, but he's not going to be as he's not going to have as much value on a team that's trying to keep this window open. And it might already be closed. Who the hell knows? We'll find out next season. Um, but this window of trying to compete for a championship, and you want 21 year old THT, a you want to give him a three year contract for 10 million a year and have him be somebody that all of a sudden has legitimate pressure. He was the fourth-highest-paid player on the Lakers last year. When you're the fourth-highest-paid player on the Lakers behind LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russ, uh, you need to produce. And we know that he wasn't anywhere close to producing on a consistent basis. So I don't hold as much high regard for THT as maybe others do. And I'm not trying to tell you that THT doesn't have value in the league, and I'm not trying to tell you that in five years, Taylor Tucker can be a completely different player. But the Lakers are not as concerned about five years from now as they are today. So the THT piece, if you go out, Eric Gordon, a Buddy Heald, players like that that you think could have immediate impact, players like that that you think would uh, fill a void right out the gate, um, I think is obviously of, of much bigger interest. At, at this point, I will say this. When I, when I read this thing from Dave McMenamin, they have interest in Eric Gordon and Buddy Heald, perhaps in addition to Kyrie and the piece that would have to be moved, and it's Taylor Tucker. I don't know if this is now becoming more of a, a pipe dream or if Rob Palenka can actually pull this type type of stuff off. It's tough to believe that it can still happen, right? We're, we're already three weeks into free agency, and I'm not telling you that deals can't still go down, but Summer League already happened as well. We're getting We're getting towards the stage here where the NBA really, really does go on a hiatus. The NBA doesn't have many hiatus when it comes to the uh, the calendar year, but we're getting close to that point where everyone's going to start going on vacation, and that's not to say that front offices aren't still going to be working, but who knows? All, the, all of the free agency, it, it slowed down once the KD news came out, then the question of Donovan Mitchell. Maybe the Lakers can do... Uh, can do something, or, or maybe they just got to kind of sit back and wait for things to unfold. But it almost seems like a Hail Mary at this point that they're able to still – the Kyrie thing, I think that one could still kind of shake out. We'll see what happens with Eric Gordon, Buddy Heald. But, damn, if you're telling me we're sitting here 30 days from now or two weeks from now and the Lakers went out and got a couple of these guys and found a way to get Kyrie as well, or, like Dave said – Maybe this just becomes plan B, that the Kyrie situation doesn't work out, and they go after an Eric Gordon or a Buddy Heald. 
I just will tell you this, that roster, no question about it, is going to have to be improved by the time we get to next year, and, and we'll see what happens on that front. Okay, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. He's coming up next. I want to spend some time with him. I still need to get into this Kendrick Perkins, um, some of his comments about Anthony Davis earlier today, basically saying that AD is going to win the MVP next season. And uh, how about this? How about Dennis Schroeder trying to make a, a plea to get back with the Lakers and play with LeBron James? So all that uh, we still got on the show. Thank you for uh, tuning into the show. And Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation is coming up next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I want to welcome in Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. You could follow him on Twitter, Trevor underscore Lane. Does a fantastic job on YouTube as well with all the uh, Laker content that he puts out. Trevor, I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for uh, joining the show. I-, I want to start off with this. Help me kind of understand where we are with the Lakers right now. I, I feel like uh, every single day I'm trying to kind of get my grasp on Russ, the Lakers situation. Um, do, do, you, do you agree that it seems like there's always some type of story that's coming out? Unfortunately, I think it makes it a little bit more, I guess the Lakers, it makes it more of a challenge to try to trade Russ. What do you feel of just where they stand right now and the relationship and situation with uh, the Lake Show and Russ? Well, and thanks for thanks for having me. And yeah, you're you're right, man. It feels like every single day there's something new that comes out, some other wrinkle, a twist, a turn. And I think part of it is just how long this has gone on. I mean, we've been hearing about the Kyrie Irving rumors. We've been hearing about everything from even even before we got into the month of July. There were all these talks about what the Lakers might be doing, and so that's allowed for a lot of a lot of different people to weigh in, a lot of different sources around the NBA and stuff to kind of put their two cents into it. And so that's where we start to get this accumulation of, of a lot of different stories, some of them conflicting other stories that have already come out, a lot of different reports going on right now. But I think ultimately, if we, if we try to look for a consistent theme, while the Lakers publicly have been saying they're going to welcome Russell Westbrook back with open arms, and Darvin Ham has explained how excited he is to have Russell Westbrook on the team and all of his plans, I think it's pretty clear the Lakers are trying to move on from Russell Westbrook. The challenge is, finding the right trade because you've got to get stuff back that can help you win this season without also sacrificing too much of your future to do it. So that is a very, very fine line to walk. So I think that's why this has all taken so long to come together, to come to fruition. And who knows if we ultimately see a Russell Westbrook trade or not, but I think it is very clear 
that the Lakers are trying to make something happen before training camp. You, you think, Trev, that we can walk into training camp? And I, I agree with you, right? There's first off, and I'll get into this in just a second. There is the ups and downs of the off season. There's the ups and downs of last year, and it feels like it's just like hey, the Lakers and Russ both need to just kind of part ways. Do you think there's a good chance that we walk into training camp and Russ is still there, and the Lakers, if it if it, if it was going to cost them? Two first-rounders, and Palenka in the front office says, all right, well, we're just not going to do it, and we'll take our chances with these big three again. And obviously Russ is going to have to play a different type of role and hopefully actually be a role player. Um, do, do you think that's a strong possibility? And the reason why I set it up that way, there's it just feels like it would be incredibly awkward to start training camp and Russ is there. And if the Lakers are really valuing some of their assets that they have, um, I, I just I, I find it kind of tough to believe that we're all there in late September and, and th- those three are still playing together. Yeah, I agree. I think it would be awkward. I, I think it is very much possible because I think every team around the NBA sees the Lakers as desperate to move them and they're going to want something just to take on Ross. I mean, looking around the NBA, I can't think of a single team that would take on Russell Westbrook with the goal of playing him. I think most teams that would take on his salary, it's just to to buy him out so that they can use his expiring contract and they'd be, want to be paid. Uh, we talk about teams like the Spurs, like the Pacers, if they're going to absorb Russell Westbrook into some of their cap space, they're going to want to get some sort of uh, incentive for doing so. And I'm talking about draft picks. So I could see a scenario where the Lakers just don't have enough to incentivize a team like the Spurs, like the Pacers, to take on Russ while roping in a third team, maybe the Nets and a Kyrie deal or something like that that's going to actually land them the kind of stuff that they want. So that is certainly possible. You do have Darvin Ham telling everybody that will listen that he's got a plan for Russell Westbrook, that he's excited for him. So I think that's got to be a, a factor as well. Part of the Lakers organization has to be considering, do we, do we want to give Darvin Ham a chance and just see, see if maybe, you know, as unlikely as it is, see if maybe he's got the, the magic touch here and he can figure out some way to make this work before we go and sacrifice all of their future assets. So I agree with you, Alan. I think that it would be awkward. I don't think it's ideal to bring him back. I think they need to uh, freshen the air. They need to, to start new with some different pieces involved, particularly ones that can shoot from behind the arc. But I think there is a chance that he is still back in purple and gold to start the season. Trevor Lane, who covers the Lakers for Lakers Nation, does a fantastic job. Uh, follow him on Twitter, also on YouTube. Just always great content that uh, Trevor Lane's putting up there. Trev, I want to I want to go back real quick because over the weekend, um, this obviously became a big story. Thad Foucher, the former agent, 14 years with Russ, they part ways, and and he puts out this puts out this you know letter, not letter, but a, a, a statement, just kind of you could almost even call it like a um, a full statement. And and Woj had put it out. Had you what kind of jumps out to you on that? Because I, I could find four or five different pieces to talk about. It's such a unorthodox thing to see from an agent to give out that many details. Is there one or two things that really jumped out to you? Yeah, you typically don't see that from, from an agent. And from talking to some people around the, the league, the first thing that I was hearing was, well, now future players that might want to sign with him you know, are going to be a little bit wary of, of that, right? Because what happens if things go south? Is he, is he going to air all of our dirty laundry? And so 
you know, long term, maybe that's not the best thing for for him as an agent. But from the Lakers' perspective, in terms of what came out here, it he didn't specifically say it, but he sure implied that Russell Westbrook doesn't want to be a Laker anymore. Um, and, and maybe you could even infer that he doesn't want to do the stuff that Darvin Ham has talked about him doing in terms of being a screener and, and being the point of attack defender, this focusing his attention there and, and all of those things playing off ball. So that has to raise some red flags if you're the Lakers. And if that's the case, if Russell Westbrook does want out, which is not a stretch to believe, right? I mean, you can see where Russ probably wouldn't want to come back after he's been in trade rumors all summer and given how poorly last season went. But if that's the case, I think of anything, this should just create that much more urgency on the part of the Lakers to, to part ways and, and start fresh this next season. What do you think of some of the names? Dave McMenamin was on the Low Post podcast, and uh, Eric Gordon's name came up. Patrick Beverly, we've heard that name before. Buddy Heald name has come up. What, what do you think of some of these other names that have been rumored around the Lakers? Is there a name out there outside of Kyrie, maybe even with Kyrie, that you think would be a good fit? And I know specifically in the Low Post podcast, he talked more of that this could be potentially a plan B is to go target some of those players. Any of those guys stand out to you? Yeah, sure. I mean, Buddy Hield is the one who got away, right? The one that they were on the verge of trading for with the Sacramento Kings right before the uh, the Russell Westbrook trade went down. And, you know, Rob Polinka was his, his agent when when Polinka was still an agent. Right. Uh, same thing with Eric Gordon. So there's that, that connection there. I think either one of those guys would be a solid fit. Uh, you go look at a Patrick Beverly, depending, you know, if Russell Westbrook is, is on his way out, I can see where Patrick Beverly could be a fit as well, particularly since he can give you that three and D role from the point guard position, which the Lakers definitely need. As of right now, they're definitely lacking three point shooting. Uh, they are the pieces they've added. They don't really have any snipers on the roster. They've got a few guys where you could hope maybe they get up to league average from three, 35 ish percent or so. We look at like Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker and players like that, but they definitely need to bring in some shooting. But you know what, Alan, I put this out there on, on Twitter earlier today before the Pacers stuff even came out. Said the Lakers, they're they're not a buddy healed away from sure. getting to where they want to go. So mm-hmm. if I'm the Lakers, if it's going to cost me both first rounders or something to go get Buddy Healed because the Pacers want a first, I'm not saying this is where they're at, but if the Pacers want a first just for absorbing Russ and then another one for Buddy Healed, I don't know if that's the path you take if you're the Lakers. If you're going to find a Plan B, I think it's going to have to involve multiple pieces, and that's where you're looking at. Can you get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner in a deal? Is there a way to make that happen? Can you go get a couple of pieces from the Spurs? Can you get Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott or something like that? Can you get Eric Gordon and something else from the Rockets? That's where, that's what plan B has to be in my mind if I'm the Lakers. Otherwise, plan B can't involve giving up both of those first-round picks. I um, I haven't got a chance to get into this, and I'll get it uh, get into it a little bit later in the show. But earlier today, we got a chance to hear, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Kendrick Perkins um, had a quote that I, I, I kind of have fallen into this trap here a couple years in a row. Um, he said, Anthony Davis is a top five talent right now. I got Anthony Davis winning the MVP next season. What, what goes through your mind as somebody that watches as much Lakers basketball, that is tied into all the content, that is... Um, literally nobody consumes more Lakers basketball than you. When you hear Kendrick Perkins says that, 
what goes through your mind? Does it give you hope? Does it is it a question mark? Is it what what what's the first thing that pops to your mind? I think he's not wrong. The potential is there. We just haven't seen it since 2020. If Anthony Davis is the guy we saw in Orlando in 2020, he is 100% an MVP candidate. He's got that kind of talent. And if he does win the MVP, that tells me a couple things. That tells me the jump shot came back around. Maybe the work he's been doing this offseason paid off, and he stayed healthy. And if that's the case, the Lakers are in a much stronger position than anybody has projected them to be because the difference between that Anthony Davis and the one we've seen the last couple of seasons is, is simply that big to where the Lakers become a much bigger threat if you get that version of Anthony Davis this season. I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think at this stage of his career, because a couple of years have now gone by since the last time the Lakers won a championship, um, in those two years, you know, I know health has a lot to do with it, and he's been around for less than half of the games. Um, I find it very difficult to think that we'll be 75%, 75% through the season, and we're going to be mentioning AD with where Jokic is, where Giannis is, where Luka is, where, you know, I'm just kind of naming off guys that I'm going to predict mm-hmm. will be in that MVP conversation. I hope I'm wrong. The problem is, for me, the last couple of years, I kind of walked in with that same energy, and both years I was I was way off. Yeah, that definitely has burned us in the past because I said that exact same thing as you were saying there last couple of seasons. He could be an MVP candidate, and, uh, and the pain is still there. Those wounds are still fresh <laughs> from what's happened in the last couple of seasons with, with AD. So I, I feel you on that. It's, um, this, he's got, the, the ceiling is high enough to where he can get there. We just don't know if he's going to or not. And I, I think this is a really important season for Anthony Davis, the player, for Anthony Davis and the Lakers, what oh, yeah. that's going to look like moving forward. The, this, he is the guy to watch on the Lakers this season because if he can get back up to that level, that changes a lot of things, both for him, I think, and for the future of the franchise. Trev, final one I got for you. Um, I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you did. Uh, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, it sounded like trying to make a play to reunite with the Lakers. Um, your thoughts on I, I, Dennis Schroeder at one point, what he's known for now is the Lakers had offered him an 80-plus million dollar extension. Um, he obviously turned that down, and then eventually uh, there has not been a market for, for Dennis Schroeder and still a free agent now, even though at this stage of the free agency game, in a role where Dennis Schroeder is a backup point guard to the Lakers, uh, certainly doesn't have a, a key, key role, um, maybe obviously getting him for the minimum, whatever the case is, what, what do you think of a, some type of um, some type of uh, uh, opportunity to reunite with him? Well, I mean, things obviously didn't end with Dennis Schroeder the way the Lakers wanted them to or the way Schroeder really should have. And, you know, maybe there's, little bit of comeuppance there if you after you turn down an 80 80 plus million dollar contract thinking maybe you might touch a hundred million dollars you wind up settling for five million and change the taxpayer mid-level last season and now this year you're looking at a veteran minimum but if you're willing to to just kind of let that be water under the bridge uh and you look at Dennis Schroeder the player if he's going to sign somewhere with a for a veteran minimum I think he's a better player than a veteran minimum contract player should should be Um, I think if you are moving on from either Russell Westbrook or Kendrick Nunn, it makes some sense. If you're not, I don't really know if that's the guy that you want to fill out your final roster spot with and then have him battle it out with Kendrick Nunn 
for backup minutes or, or anything like that. Certainly a talented player, but he's proven in the past that he very much cares about his role, cares about his minutes. And if he's getting the last roster spot and there isn't a clear path to minutes, you could be creating more of a headache for yourself than, than it's worth. If Russell Westbrook has moved, though, if Kendrick Nunn has moved and you've got the need for a backup point guard, I think he's clearly the best option out there. And, uh, and, and frankly, I'm, I'm surprised that he's still out there and maybe could be had for a veteran minimum. So if there's a trade, sure, I, I'd give it a shot and, and be willing to go there simply because I think the talent is greater than a veteran minimum contract would typically yield. Trev, thank you, brother. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show, spending all the, as much time as you do, and giving us all the insight like you always do about Lakers basketball. Oh, no problem, Alan. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that is uh, Trevor Lane right there. When we come back, got some final thoughts I want to give. The, this whole stuff about Anthony Davis, I want to explain it a little bit further because I set it up for, uh, set it up there for Trevor Lane to just kind of give his opinion on it. I want to give my opinion on that. By the way, hit me on Twitter if you have thoughts on this, at Alan Sliwa. Um, and then the Dennis Schroeder piece as well. We'll do that uh, coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you to uh, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, for joining the show. Appreciate everybody who's been a part of the show. By the way, just a quick reminder, if you have not downloaded the new ESPN LA app, uh, Lakers Talk, obviously we got our channel that sits there. Every show that we do, all the content goes up there. And then all the shows, Travis and Sliwa, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Mesa in Ireland, Sedano and Cap, all the shows will go on that app. But it's so easy if you miss any part of this show, you can always go back to the podcast. You can also listen live on the app. So uh, I uh, I recommend you do if you haven't done so already. Um, Kendrick Perkins. So let me set this up the right way here because I, I don't know if you guys know the hype machine that I've been about Anthony Davis two years in a row. But let's just say I've been trying to sell this uh, this timeshare of Anthony Davis and the timeshare is not looking all that good. Um Last couple of years, two years in a row, I remember doing Lakers talk, and uh, we get towards the preseason or we get towards training camp. You start getting excited about the season. And you start thinking about – and by the way, I don't have a reason not to think the way that I was thinking when it came to AD. Lakers were coming off a championship, if you guys remember. And ESPN did a player ranking in the NBA. And the top two players in the world that they ranked one and two – was LeBron James at number one and Anthony Davis at number two. This is coming off the championship, the bubble championship in my uh, in Orlando against the Miami Heat. I remember walking into that season saying that, all right, this is this is the time. I mean the 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 
what the Lakers front office had envisioned was you're not just trading for Anthony Davis to go compete for a championship with LeBron James, but you're also trading for Anthony Davis because at one point, LeBron's going to hand the keys to the franchise to AD and say, AD, put this thing in your hands and go make it happen. Now he's not going to do it on his own, but they'll go get help and whatever the case is. And the first year that Anthony Davis showed up with the Lakers, mission accomplished. They won an NBA championship. Uh, AD was a beast in the bubble. And you could just tell as AD was walking into the prime of his career, yeah, this is there's a great future for the Lakers here. And more specifically, there's a great future for Anthony Davis with the Lakers. Last season or two seasons ago, I remember coming on and telling people that I, I really, really thought AD is going to be competing for an MVP. He's arguably the best two-way player in the NBA. Um, his skill set on offense is almost unmatched from an offensive perspective. His defense, you know, it's one thing to just have the ability to score, but it's another thing to impact the game on the other end. And Anthony Davis does that. And even that season after the bubble year where he played 40 games, I want to say, and then wasn't healthy enough to go against that Phoenix Sun series, got injured in game three, uh, Lakers actually got injured in game four. Lakers were up two games to one in the series, and then it was a wrap from there. He tried to come back game six. It didn't happen. Phoenix ended up winning the series in six. Even after that, you could say, okay, but AD got injured there. You know what? It happens. He hurt his groin. He's going to come back the following year. Last season, I was making the same. I was making the same claim of watch out for AD. Once Anthony Davis gets healthy, he's going to take over this Lakers franchise. This is what he's going to do. Last season happened, and I felt like AD took another step back. Last year was the worst by far I've seen AD in the stretch in a Los Angeles Lakers jersey, period. There's no other way to put it. Um, because even when he was healthy and he was out on the floor, there were a lot of games where I was like, oh, I, I didn't even know AD was on the floor for that entire half. That's how quiet he was. You didn't feel his presence. Or you walk in at halftime. Since I do the halftime show, I'm obviously staring at these stats every single game. I'm staring at this box score, and it's like, oh, what do you know? He had shot two free throws the entire half. Or the whole game went by, and he shot two free throws. There were also a lot of games that even when he was healthy, he wasn't the aggressive Anthony Davis, I'm going to take over games. It was more tentative. You didn't feel like you felt him the way that you did. So Kendrick Perkins earlier today saying this was on NBA today saying Anthony Davis is a top five talent right now. I got Anthony Davis winning the MVP next season. Um, man, I hope you're right, but I, I, I don't even know how, I don't know how I can have that conversation with a Laker audience that's watched the product of Anthony Davis the last couple of years. I'm not saying he's not talented. No one's saying he's not talented. There are talented players in the NBA. But I'll tell you what AD is not, at least at this stage of his career, based off these last couple of seasons, he is not in anywhere near an MVP conversation, period. I mean, to even have him in a conversation with Giannis is disrespectful to, disrespectful to Giannis. Um, Joel Embiid had a chance, legitimate chance at MVP next, last year. Uh, Jokic has won back-to-back MVPs. Those are just three big men. I'd even start talking about any of the players of Luka and what other guys can do in the league and everything else that I hear what Kendrick Perkins is saying, and it reminds me of what I was saying the last couple of years about Anthony Davis where you're almost trying to speak it into existence 
but it's uh, it's very difficult for me to actually believe that that is the case and that I could put some true, true, that I could have real faith in that. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Like I said, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, that's a bold statement from Kendrick Perkins, and I hope he's right, but AD is not, he's not given me anything these last couple years to think he's anywhere near that conversation. Braun was in that conversation last year, and this is at this stage of his career. Uh, Anthony Davis, obviously, he's got to be on the floor. He's got to play 65 to 70 games, and I hope he does. And I hope we're sitting here at one point. We're talking about how look at AD, and he's having that MVP caliber season. You don't, you don't even have to win it. If, if AD's just in the conversation of the MVP, um, I think every Laker fan would sign up for that immediately. Last thing that I want to get into that um, I, I hit on with Trevor Lane, the Dennis Schroeder wants to reunite with LeBron. Um, first off, he makes a good point. Uh, I think that uh, the point that Trevor Lane made, if you're keeping Kendrick Nunn, you're keeping Russ, or you're trading for Kyrie, really where are you going to put Dennis Schroeder? Do you really need three point guards? I think the answer to that is no. I think the question is, if you needed to trade a Kendrick Nunn or you needed to trade one of your other guards and Dennis Schroeder is playing a backup role for the Lakers at the minimum or whatever the case is, personally for me, I don't need to see it again. I don't think there's – I mean, uh, sometimes I think when you get an opportunity to see a player and their fit, um, I think the Dennis Schroeder experiment just didn't feel like it had that much impact in a uh, in a Laker uniform or at Crypto.com. So I don't need to see it again, but I did I did think it was interesting that him, um, him and uh, LBJ were going back and forth uh, asking King James, might got to run it back. Um, We'll see what happens on that front. But I I think this is a good example of all the different scenarios that could still play out for the Lakers here over the course of, what do you want to call it, the next couple of months or by the time we get to uh, training camp. Okay, a couple quick shout-outs here. Thank you to Michael Funches in studio. Thank you to Laura Romo in studio. Mario Ruiz always doing a fantastic job uh, with uh, the open of the show. If you miss any part of the show, like I said, just go back, ESPN LA on the podcast, and uh, I will be back next Monday. Thank you, L.A. Have a great rest of your night.